Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and mom to three boys ages 5, 3, and 18 months. And I'm Terilyn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids ages 10, 8, 5, and 3. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, I'm going to start us out with a high five today. And that high five is with my three-year-old. I'm like, how old is he? I can't remember. Um, I feel like with Cohen, my oldest, there's a lot more... And this is probably just like natural with older, the oldest kids. And when they're your only kid, there's a lot more like me encouraging him to do things like, oh, I feel like it's time now for you to do this thing or know this thing. So it's like, okay, try this, like write your name, write your name or whatever. More of that with your first one, they're your only one. And so with Lennon, who's my second and then he's also the middle. So then we have a baby and then we have the older one. I feel like, um, it's like naturally led me more into, um, letting my kids now all sort of lead into what they want to do naturally. And then I just follow their desire and their motivation. Oh, instead of pushing. Right. Instead of pushing them into something or even really suggesting, because it just Frankly, it's like there's a lot going on and then it's like, oh, you want to do that. I didn't even know. Um, And so with Lennon, the other day, (laughs) we so we went on this trip and we um, lost Cohen's like the little like our little bike. That's for the first bike you learn when you're first learning a bike. And so we got Cohen his next size up bike and then there happened to be. A smaller bike that was available that we just got um that would would be Lennon's size but honestly I didn't even have it in my mind of like okay let me do try to ride a bike like he does his strider bike and he loves it and his scooter and I I wasn't even like and he's three so I mean that's and he's three <laughs> and frankly teaching how to ride a bike like with Cohen Cohen is really into bikes so it was like oh so we like get in this bike and it's this big ordeal and it, it's like uh-huh. oh and running on the driveway in your hamstring it's just like oh that was a lot. The hamstring. <laughs> and so I hadn't even really thought about it. And then we're going on a Sunday walk and Len's like, I want to ride my bike. And it's like, that's the only bike I want to bring. I want to ride my bike and bring it. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, please, no. Like, I just wanted to walk and enjoy. So we bring this bike and he literally gets on the bike and starts riding it. Oh, my heavens. Zero learning curve. <laughs> Zero. Like, maybe, like, one, like, let me stabilize your back a little bit to get you started. Not just riding it, like, starting the riding, which is the hardest part of riding the bike. So, I was just like, ding, ding, ding. And we're going to be talking more about, like, kind of motivation and teaching kids and stuff like that. But it just, the light bulb went off that, one, they're going to learn all the things. They're going to go in the potty. They're going (laughs) to... tie their shoe they're gonna know the abcs and we're gonna kind of do a series on that sort of just like how to you know teach your kids and let go of those expectations but it really was just like a testament of (laughs) let them lead 
Yeah. You know? Yeah, because like, he was ready, he, he wanted was to, ready. And he said. Didn't he also potty train himself at like He did. So two maybe it's also his and also sleep through the night his first day home. So maybe. <laughs> He's a freak of nature. He does have faults, but How old no. was he when he potty trained himself? He potty trained like pee, just like following Cohen at like eighteen months or twenty months. Wow. I know. It's insane. But still, So he does have that tendency. But still, that's really awesome. Towards self motivation. But yeah. If they are motivated themselves, if it's if it's they, so they're easy. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So high five to Lenny. Awesome. I love it. Well, uh, my I also have a five, high five today, and that is that I posted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I have... Slow clap. <laughs> so I had, like, an Instagram that I started forever ago, and then I switched over. I was uh, Mrs. Utah a little while ago, and I switched over to a Mrs. Utah one for a while, and I officially just switched back to, like, my normal, just Terrilyn Griffin on Instagram, and I am... My goal is to actually post, actually like be present there. So I love it. Just so you guys know, I am now on Instagram. Yes. So, so I love it. I don't promise to be as inspiring as Felicia. I, oh my gosh! I'm gonna post a picture today of a non-filtered <laughs> thing of all all the humans who ended up in my bed. So if you oh, want to see that, yes, just check today. It's gonna oh, be I saw it. Looked joyful. Very glamorous. Speaking of acceptance. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so today we are going to talk about um, a concept that we learned from Eckhart Tolle's book. Oh boy, a new earth. A new earth, yes. And this, honestly, we could with his book. I mean, how many times have we referred to it? Oh my gosh, yeah. We could have like a whole year of episodes just on really? this book. This is just one little baby yeah. nugget that we love. And in fact, Oprah, her podcast. Super Soul Sunday, she did a whole, like, 10 episodes of each chapter of his book. So if you're like, I'm not quite ready for, like, commitment to the whole book, she, like, breaks down each chapter, and it's very good. But we're going to specifically talk about his concept of these three modalities, and they are acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm. And... Basically, they're a way to look at everything we do and our motivation for what we're doing and how we can um, not drudge through things, basically, but at least accept them. And how we can be on a, a level, an energy level, that is actually leading to consciousness and presence. Mm-hmm. So he says if you can't be in one of these three modalities, acceptance, enjoyment or enthusiasm that it's perhaps worth looking at what it is you're doing because it's you're not living presence or conscious c- consciously mm-hmm. if you're not living in one of these three things and that may sound like a really strong statement but i actually really i think he's right mm-hmm. and guys i also apologize my nose i have so much no- nasal <laughs> congestion right now i sound terrible so i apologize mm-hmm. for my coming this season for my plugged up nose i apologize Okay, so I I went to a yoga training teacher training last weekend, and in it we had one of the, this is kind of like a yogic principle of acceptance. And when you first hear this word, the reason why I'm bringing this up right now is because I used to feel this way, and there were many women in our group who also felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. When you hear the word acceptance, what comes up in you? Because if you're anything like I have felt my entire life, literally probably until, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, 
I'd hear that word and it would make me mad. I can actually yeah. feel myself like little like I'm prickles <laughs> coming up and being like, heavens no. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to accept things in my life that I don't want. And also the word surrender. Oh my mm-hmm. heavens. I, I seriously was asked to speak one time and in it, the, there was the word surrender on the subject they gave me. And I actually was like, I can't talk about this. Mm-hmm. I, I and So in my thing, I was like, I actually can't even talk about this because I hate the word surrender. So mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about something else mm-hmm. that kind of applies. But now I realize, oh, I think I, I think I know what it is we're talking about. We're not talking about surrendering and just being, coming a doormat and letting life Mm -hmm. run all over us because we can't change anything. That sounds, that's what makes me mad. Mm -hmm. Like when you think of it that way, I think doormat, I think victim, Mm -hmm. I think you don't have any control of your own life, Mm -hmm. which are all the things that rub me wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't like any of those things. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything right about being in a situation and saying, Oh, fine. I just, I'll just put up with it. Mm -hmm. No. We are agents in our own life and we can change things. However, what we're talking about here, so specifically, I, I just want to point out, and I know we always do these disclaimers, but it's really important for me with the wide variety of listeners that we have, especially, I mean, we have people all over the world and I know that there are people in different situations. In situations where, where it's a matter of emotional or physical safety, those are situations where maybe instead of sitting in it like we're talking about here and cultivating a feeling of acceptance, those mm-hmm. are situations where just... Being, yes, be present, accept that it is reality, and then get out of that reality, right? right? Which, yeah, which Eckhart says, if you, if you physically are like, I can't accept this, then it's probably a thing that you need to get out of or stop doing. Yeah. Find a different way. Or get out Mm -hmm. of it. Exactly. So this isn't saying, it's saying that accepting your current reality is the first step. So for example, let's look at if you're in a really negative situation a lot of times I think we live in a delusion and we justify being in a negative situation. Let's mm-hmm. say it's, say, say you're living with an abusive person mm-hmm. and you're, you're like, ah, you, you try to make it seem like it's better than it really is. Mm-hmm. But when you truly accept that this is what it is, this is the reality and it is not a good reality, that's where you get the power to actually mm-hmm. get out of that situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So acceptance is not a passive thing acceptance is seeing reality and then taking the inspired action to change that reality mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's an important concept i think <clears throat> yes because if you're not taking then the step to change it then you're you're suffering and probably creating suffering for other people so acceptance acceptance means and i love this this is a word for her word from him but i just love how he says this for now this is what this situation this moment requires me to do and so i do it willingly so when i think of this i just think i am it so if if you've taken this out, okay i accept this is where i am and then you're choosing to stay in it so which is like 90% of things we do as right. parents in our lives, right? right? We're choosing to do them not because they're glamorous or because right. we love every second, mm-hmm. but because we're willingly choosing them. Mm-hmm. Because so if you're thinking about parenting, you're up all night with a sick baby or changing diapers all the time, or maybe it's like driving carpool. I haven't done that yet, but I know it's going to take a lot of acceptance for me. <laughs> yeah. Sounds not fun. Budgeting, or- anything... Even people's jobs. I mean, yes, I working, think a lot of people have oh. a job that is probably a situation where they're choosing it because it's providing for their family. Mm-hmm. 
but it's probably more of an acceptance situation. Exactly. I mean, we all hope to get to the point where we're doing something with our job that we're on fire about, but mm-hmm. you might just have a, just a regular job right now. And yes. Accepting is a good, it's actually a good space to be, and that's okay to be in that space. Right. And what Eckhart is saying is that if you can get to that acceptance, it it's that feeling of being at peace with what you're doing when you're doing it right in that moment. And it it's not, I think it comes across as passive, mm-hmm. it's just accepting, but it's actually, you're creating a peace with it. You're creating that just presence in that moment. You're not, it's not passive. Uh-huh. And, and Eckhart Tolle says you're bringing something. I even like how he says it. He says you're bringing something new to the situation. Mm-hmm. Anytime you can bring peace and elevate kind of your energy in that situation, you are bringing something new. So mm-hmm. you can apply this. So these specifically, these three things, we're applying them today when it comes to doing things in your life. Mm-hmm. Look at your whole things, things that you're doing in your life and try, if you can, to apply these three things. And if you can't, then... He says, consider, yeah, consider removing the thing Mm -hmm. or changing your mindset. So Mm -hmm. an example of this is um, for me. So last month I have a Jeep and the top is off the Jeep and it makes me really happy. I love it. Well, we were leaving on a vacation one day, like in the afternoon. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do, but one of my friends was getting married and it was about half an hour away from my house and she's a dear friend. So I really wanted to go to the wedding. I drive to the wedding it was the wrong day. Just a little side note. It was the wrong, the wrong day. day. So I'm like wasting this precious time. Oh my gosh, I didn't prepping know that. for the trip. <laughs> yeah, it was before Oregon. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, but it was this glorious, it was still like a beautiful day. Right. Like, you know what? So what? I got a ride in the Jeep without my kids. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. great. I turn around to come home and it starts seriously like monsoon downpouring. Oh my like, gosh. Full blown. I mean, and this happens rarely in Utah in the summer. Really, you know, I yeah, know in a lot really of places. Rare. Yeah. Not just like a drizzle. I'm talking like <laughs> sheets of water coming down. So I'm on the freeway at this point in the Jeep with the top off. And I'm not prepared. Like I don't have anything. I don't have a coat. I don't have a hat. Nothing. There are, guys, there are literally people <laughs> taking pictures of me in the other lanes. Like I look over, there's this girl like laughing and like, taking a picture of me as I'm just like wet dog looking at her <laughs> says, and it was cold you're definitely gonna be a meme <laughs> seriously and i'm like shivering shaking like it was it was unpleasant but in that situation i knew i had at that point like 20 minutes left in the drive i wasn't gonna choose like there was a motorcycle guy under a overpass so i mean i had options had i really hated it enough i could have like pulled over and waited right. the storm out but it wasn't a I was willingly choosing to keep driving home. I knew that it wouldn't last forever. I'd only have 20 more minutes. I wasn't going to, like, die or anything. I was just in an mm-hmm. unpleasant situation. So, just thinking of good old Eckhart Tolle <laughs> and thinking, can I cultivate a situation? Can I cultivate a feeling of acceptance in this situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not choosing to change it because I think the best situation is just to stay, mm-hmm. like the wet llama <laughs> getting rained on. And can I cultivate that acceptance? And it was actually, like, a unique... I can't say that I enjoyed or had any enthusiasm about the situation. However, there was a shift that happened inside of Mm -hmm. me. This is where I am. I'm Mm -hmm. getting rained on. People are taking pictures Mm -hmm. of me. And I wouldn't choose this. Mm -hmm. But here I am. And it changed it from it shouldn't... Because 
we create suffering when we have resistance. So if right. it should be, it shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't even come to this because clearly oh, it was why? the wrong. Yeah, why did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> the wrong uh-huh. day. How did I not check the weather? You know, all right. those kinds of things. Those are what create suffering inside of us. That resistance that it shouldn't be this way. Mm-hmm. This is the way it is. As soon as you just bring up the word, like, can I accept this? I can because I am. Mm-hmm. I'm already doing it. Mm-hmm. So let's just not create any extra suffering. Mm-hmm. And guys, something changed. Something changed on the inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. And guess what? I made it home and yeah. I dried off. And yeah. It was not a problem. Yes. So. Because the opposite really of that is being mad, being resentful, being blaming yourself. Like, go down a spiral. So when I was thinking of this, I was thinking about like the constant treadmill of keeping a house clean Yes. When you have a family. It's my favorite part yeah. of <laughs> I love it. I'm enthused about it. <laughs> and so I think a lot of... There you, are some people who find a lot of enthusiasm about sure. it. For me, it's mostly acceptance. Yeah. And yeah. that's where I am. So. And yeah, so... And that's, I think, because you could either not... You could choose to not do it. Yes. Or you could be mad about it. Or you could... Be in the moment and accept knowing that you I mean you chose you chose it. Yeah. Because there are other yeah. options. I chose to own the things in yep. my house. I mm-hmm. chose to have the amount of dishes that I have in my mm-hmm. house. I chose to even create the people who live in my house. Right. You know, and not just things. go out to eat or not. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there are ways around it. But if you're going to accept it, it is realizing that it's your cho- choice and taking responsibility for it. Yes. Which I think is huge. And when it comes to, so I love to think of this one, the, the keeping the home clean one, because I'm actually someone I actually do and I enjoy cleaning in certain situations. Uh-huh. So the next concept that Eckhart talks about, like the next level is enjoyment. Um, and so when I think of cleaning, there are sometimes when I'm just accepting it, but I have found that if I can get into that space of like, okay, accepting, this is what I'm doing in the moment, I can move into finding some enjoyment. So it's you're your surrendering, surrendering to the action, but then you're feeling almost like a little like energy of aliveness that's coming from you going into that task. Yes, presence presence yep so I love love this concept because I think a lot of a lot of times and especially I feel this as a mom um but I think everybody feels this but Eckhart tells it Eckhart calls it the waiting to start living syndrome and um he says it's a delusion of an unconscious state but basically it's where you're like okay I get the dish when I get the dishes done and then put away all the kids' stuff, and then um, get the baby down for a nap, then then I can relax, and then I'll feel mm-hmm. good, and then I'll be happy. And enjoy my life. Right. Then my life. Once all my kids, once, like, the youngest is five, and then we can, like, go on trips really easily, and then, it like, I'll be having fun in our family. Or once, okay, so I, I'm, I get that promotion and then I can just go down to four days a week and then I can retire and then I can enjoy. So that delusion of waiting to start living until you get to some hypothetical end goal is 
the opposite of <laughs> the enjoyment that we want to find by, and we've talked about this a lot, that everything comes from within us. So we have that joy inside of us that we can bring to every single moment, every single little thing that we're doing. So if that's, now I need to wash the dishes, if you can accept and then maybe move into feeling a little bit of aliveness. So you're in that moment and he describes like, so you're filling the water, it's warm, maybe you're hearing your kids playing in the background, you can feel, oh, I, like I'm I'm doing this because I love my kids and I want to have this clean environment for them or whatever it is, but it's bringing presence to those in little individual tax, tasks every moment instead of looking to a hypothetical end where you will then be happy when you yes, get there. Yes, yes. And I think it's a, I mean, it's a dangerous space to be in the ever waiting for mm-hmm. happiness because our whole life is made up of tasks. Not all of them are going to be high level excitement. Mm-hmm. And so if we wait to live till we're feeling that, there, it's possible that we will wait our whole lives mm-hmm. to live, right? Yeah. So feeling that aliveness, that presence, that consciousness during any situation, I think, I think it's really the key to just living, living our life, not having our life go by and be like, mm-hmm. where did that go? Cause I wasn't feeling like I was living cause I was just mm-hmm. doing the things that made my life. And I right. thought of them as things that I was just waiting to be over. Right. So, and yeah. just exactly that, like the thought, and I think this is a really tricky one to wrap your head around because the thought that joy comes from another thing or activity mm-hmm. is that I think that's how we naturally, oh, I'm going on a date tonight and then I'll have joy. That will be fun. (laughs) But now this isn't. Uh But it's really changing your mindset to to think I am creating whatever I'm doing can be joyful because it's me. It's not the thing or the activity or the end goal. Yeah. Something I've been really enjoying lately is the concept of enjoying anticipation Mm. So we've talked about this a little bit, but just the example of the date that mm-hmm. night. I started thinking, can I take the energy of that date tonight, that anticipation, and actually bring it not because I'm not happy with what I'm doing now, but because I actually, like when I feel that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I'm mopping the floor right now and mm-hmm. I can't wait for my date tonight. Instead, I can say, I am mopping the floor right now and I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel that feeling and actually bring a little bit of that anticipation mm-hmm. into that mopping of the floor. And mm-hmm. it actually, it changes the mopping of the floor. It's mm-hmm. like you're enjoying the concept of anticipating. It's right. Right. I love that. So here's two examples to kind of help you wrap your head around it from my own personal life. And it, they're both examples of how acceptance can, act, can actually open you up to enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So the first example is sickness. So I know there there are people out there who are listening who are thinking, what if I am really sick? Maybe mm-hmm. it's a chronic illness. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a terminal illness. And I know these are hard topics, but if you are really sick, a lot of the suffering that comes from around that is thinking that it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. So, and Oprah gives this example. Now, this is just a, just a regular sickness. Um, she, she gives the example of, in her interview with Eckhart Tolle, of being really sick. She went home and instead of being like, oh, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't be sick. It's going to mess up my whole schedule that I have. She just said, okay, can I accept it? Can I accept that I have a virus right now and I am feeling terrible? 
as soon as she accepted it, she actually, her body, she's like, it allowed me to like sleep and go through it. And I have actually experienced this where you feel really sick and instead of fighting it, you just say, oh, here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm accepting that this is what I, but now what are the, what's the inspired action that I could do? And you, you can actually think like, okay, I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this rest. And your body responds. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So with kid sicknesses, this is an example of, so like when a kid, one of my kids, you guys know, I have a weakness for throwing up. Bad. <laughs> bad when my kid is throwing up i and am somehow not... you have throwing up kids I really they're do. more throwing up ish my oldest throws up in <laughs> yeah it's really any like, yeah. sickness yeah. she has i swear even if it's not a throw of sickness she just throws up. <laughs> anyway so when my kid is throwing up i am not enjoying it mm-hmm. however i have found that if i can bring acceptance to the situation mm-hmm. my child is throwing up i am here comforting her Mm-hmm. That feels different than why is she throwing up? I have this thing tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't be like this. I'm going to be mm-hmm. tired. All those things. Those mm-hmm. just create suffering. Mm-hmm. Here I am mm-hmm. comforting my child. And that actually feels like a loving sense of acceptance, mm-hmm. right? And then once you can feel that acceptance, then for me, it opens me up to feeling the feeling of when they're not actually in the middle of the throwing up but then they're tired and I'm holding them. Mm-hmm. I've actually found there has been times where I have been up with a sick child in the night, practicing accepting as I'm comforting them through the, the harder parts. And then it opens me up to feel the joy when they're sleeping in my arms and I am exhausted, but there is this little feeling of enjoyment and love because I was able to feel the acceptance in the hard time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you feel the acceptance, it actually kind of opens you up to feeling, moving into the more enjoyment and I think the same thing can happen with really whatever, whatever difficult thing you're going through, when you can tap into a feeling of this is where I am right now. Can I get out of it? Obviously, that's always the question. Mm -hmm. And if I can't, then can I cultivate acceptance? And then that opens you up to moving in in and out of enjoyment, right? Mm -hmm. Within that situation. Mm -hmm. Because we all have really hard things we go through. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to move between acceptance and enjoyment. And then another example... This also has to do with my Jeep in the rain. This morning on my way here, I pull out and it was drizzling. Luckily, at this time I was at my house so I could be more prepared, right? First of all, it wasn't a monsoon. That helps. <laughs> Second of all, I like had a, so I got my ski coat, like I had a hood on me. I was warm. And as I was driving down to record this, I was like, this is different from the last time I drove. I didn't even have to cultivate acceptance. I mean, it was like a quick acceptance. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's raining. Here mm-hmm. I am. I'm going to put on. So I was warm. And guys, I actually enjoyed my drive mm-hmm. in the rain down here. It was a short drive for mm-hmm. one. <laughs> but it's just drizzling and I was warm because I was prepared. And it was like, I can actually enjoy driving mm-hmm. in the rain. Mm-hmm. So that, that's an example of two different situations. One, all I could do is cultivate acceptance. Mm-hmm. That was the best I could do. Mm-hmm. And today I can actually cultivate enjoyment because the situation was a little different. Mm-hmm. And But it takes a conscious effort. Yes. Which of these yeah. energies am I tapping into? Yeah, totally. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about the third modality, which is enthusiasm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
right, so the third modality of consciousness, as uh, Eckhart Tolle would say, that we that we can cultivate in our lives is enthusiasm. So again, we've done acceptance, enjoyment, and then the top level is enthusiasm. So if we can help all the things in our life fall into one of these three categories, enthusiasm is the one that is the highest level and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So the word enthusiasm comes from ancient Greek from en and theos, meaning God. So it's literally meaning to be possessed by a God. Mm -hmm. So with enthusiasm, you'll find that you don't have to do it all by yourself. In fact, Eckhart Tolle says there's nothing of significance that we can do by ourselves. Mm -hmm. When we tap into, there's a lot of different words for it, but there's flow, inspiration, whatever you want to call it. But if you've ever felt that feeling of you have an idea or you have a a thing you're working on and you feel this feeling inside of you Mm -hmm. that feels alive and you feel enthusiastic about it and then when you actually do the thing it feels like it's not you it's Mm -hmm. not all the way you Mm -hmm. meaning and when i say that it's authentically you you're you're creating it from the deepest inside of yourself but there's Mm -hmm. something more some people call it muse your muse some people call it god for Mm -hmm. me it totally is divinity Mm -hmm. through me i mean there's been times that i've been writing and you've experienced this too felicia right where Mm -hmm. you're writing something and you're like that like was facing not me. Like, that was yeah. That was something greater, something mm-hmm. better. I'm tapping into something more mm-hmm. than me. That is also at the same time deeply authentically me as mm-hmm. well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It isn't like this. I'm trying to tap into something else. It's this something that's like truly, and you feel alive. You feel mm-hmm. alive when you're doing that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're all striving for, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like we've been talking, not everything in our life. Create enthusiasm. <laughs> but Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing great has ever been achieved without enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Which I actually, I actually agree with that. If you look at, there's actually a different energy level. Felicia and I were talking about this. There's different, there's all kinds of success in this world. And there are people when you talk to them where you can tell the success that they've achieved has not been because of the outcome of success. It's been right. because of the enthusiasm within them. They were doing something that they felt inspired about. Maybe it's a cause that they mm-hmm. were on fire about or some innovation that they are excited about. So you can find this. You can find this enthusiasm in business, in inventions, in writing, in charity work. So, I mean, this this can apply to any area of your life, but it's finding the thing inside of you that actually creates that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And it's less outcome driven and more process driven. Yes. Right. Because I think a lot of times we look at people who are in that super enthused realm from just like an, an onlooker standpoint, it can look more intense, more stress. Like that's a lot. But it's it, when it's that you are enjoying the thing that you're doing more than you want to arrive at the end goal um that's enthusiasm but when you when the end goal or the amount of money or whatever the thing is that you're going to get to is more important that's when you start to feel the stress yes yeah in fact Eckhart said specifically, when you want to arrive at your goal more than you want to be doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. that's where you create stress. Mm -hmm. So when you are like, oh my heavens, I only care about that outcome, but I'm hating what I'm doing now. Right. (laughs) 
then that creates a serious level of stress inside of us. Mm -hmm. And stress leads to all sorts of things. There are studies out there, tons of studies about what stress does to our bodies. Right. It leads to a lot of degenerative diseases. And really, it's difficult to find any enjoyment when you're in high stress. And it really makes what you do less quality every yeah when when you're stressed you're less effective all of those things um so through so through enthusiasm it's i love how he describes so first you find your true inner purpose and that inner peace and then you can find your outer purpose and that's how you get to enthusiasm because inside you are at peace you're in the present moment you're accepting of where you are and then you can work from that place and finding joy in that process to get to the outer purpose but it's not like okay i want to be whatever it is you want to be a fireman so that's all you can think about is that goal but you're accepting the process of going through the training or whatever it is so it's like that day-to-day enjoyment of what it takes to get there uh-huh. yes yeah i love that the the concept that we can find enthusiasm in mm-hmm. the actual process and mm-hmm. he actually calls it egoic wanting mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're just wanting something right but not tapping into the actual like energy that comes with enthusiasm mm-hmm. then it's egoic wanting and mm-hmm. the ego's back in there and it can lead to f- and there's all sorts of fear also i think mm-hmm when you're connected with only this specific outcome, but not enjoying the actual process, mm-hmm. there's this fear of, so if what I'm doing if? this thing and it's miserable and I don't get that outcome, then this whole thing Where is purposeless. And again, yeah. we're back to the waiting to live, right? Mm-hmm. When I get that outcome, when I make that million dollars, then I will be living and all this suffering will not have been in vain. Yeah. However, if we can cultivate <sighs> through acceptance, stepping up to enjoyment, stepping up to enthusiasm, then we're living the whole way along, mm-hmm. whether we get the million dollars at the end or not. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think our likelihood of being what we call outwardly successful increases when we are tapped into that thing. But it's frankly, it's actually ends up being secondary. Yeah. Your likelihood goes up, but it actually becomes secondary when you're actually living through each step of the way. Right. And Terilyn and I were like, so when I first heard this concept, and even still, I'm like, man, this is... This is next level because a lot of stuff you read, research, practice with goals, visualizations, all of those things, you are thinking about and looking towards the end goal of what it is and putting your mind on that end goal. So I was like, where have I felt genuine enthusiasm? And then I can go off that feeling for future ventures and so we're just chatting and i was like i think the podcast doing this podcast has come through genuine enthusiasm because i mean frankly i didn't even have an end goal terlin and i we just loved doing this this is something brings us joy every book we read all the research we do every little piece of making the podcast happen has never felt I've never done it in like grudgingly or like I'm oh, I'm doing this because I just want to get this sponsorship up so we can make this money and, uh, and never have I felt that it's been a 
the whole time, every part of it has been like, I want to do this. It's joyful. It's just natural to go into doing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do it? Like, yeah. it just feels like guided. <laughs> it's like all most of my favorite things. That's rain. Can you hear? Oh, can, can you guys, you guys hear, hear the rain? rain? I'm like, what is that noise? We're in an office building and like we can hear it yeah, on the roof. Yeah, just so you know. It's monsoon. So my Caroline's <laughs> in her Jeep right now. <laughs> my Jeep is sitting outside. I'm going to be all soaked. And I'm going into kindergarten today to read a book. And so I'm going to be all, I'll be all wet. But that's okay. I will, I will probably find acceptance, Except. perhaps enjoyment even in it. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, you guys can probably hear the rain through the microphone. Um, so, okay. So I love that. First of all, Felicia, I've talked about that a lot. And how awesome it is that we're able to do something that we both were already reading. Mm-hmm. We're already obsessed with books. Mm-hmm. And with chatting. So yeah. really, it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but, and I think sometimes when we talk about this, it sounds daunting because, you know, you hear people who, like, when they're, they have their passion, it's like this big thing and they end up changing the world with this thing. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, well, what if I don't have a big thing like that? What if I don't have, like, the one thing? We can be cultivating enthusiasm in a lot of places in our lives. So I, for example, like, I went uh, on a few humanitarian trips throughout my life through this organization called YouthLink. And the woman who started YouthLink, when you talked with her, she had to do a ton of work. But when you talked with her, it didn't feel, you could tell to her, it was inspiration. Mm-hmm. She was energized by it. It was mm-hmm. like, this is a passion, I have found it. And yeah, she's like changing, literally changing the world with just this passion that feels like inspiration, mm-hmm. not like drudging, stressful work, even though if you counted up the hours she was putting in, wow, a lot of work. Right. So I think of that when I think of this concept and I think, well, I'm not like digging wells in other places. You know what I mean? Like I'm not changing the world. So does that mean I'm not cultivating enthusiasm? And perhaps as I become more in touch with myself, I mean, who knows where life will lead. But I think the key is in the present moment, can we tap into enthusiasm? Because that will lead us as we're in the present moment, it'll lead us to places of enthusiasm in our lives that may or may not take us to really large. Right like grand, grand things. Goals. Mm-hmm. But I think if we can get to the place where we are tapping into that enthusiasm, it really transforms our entire life. Yeah. So, and I also, I, I get the, um, the idea that enthusiasm is not, I feel like acceptance and enjoyment are more common in like our day to day. Enthusiasm to me feels cyclical where we're like, doing yeah. like a big thing and then we probably won't be in enthusiasm yes. and then we're doing uh-huh. a big thing and then we probably yeah. like it's more comes with bigger projects but enjoyment is more every day yes and for me enthusiasm actually feels kind of like a wave mm-hmm. like right now i mean i talked to you guys last week about this yoga studio that mm-hmm. i'm doing like i've always loved yoga and right now i'm feeling a lot of enthusiasm for mm-hmm. literally the process it's i've actually never felt this a, a way about a workout except for mm-hmm. hiking mm-hmm. But where I look so forward to the actual exercise itself, not because of some end result of like, I want to look a certain way or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. actually like just the process of it. I love so much. Mm -hmm. It's just tapping into that feeling of enthusiasm, which I love. And for me, actually, hiking and yoga are the only two things, Mm -hmm. the aerial stuff are really the things. But that's an example of it's taking something that working out usually for me is acceptance or enjoyment. There's a lot of workouts Mm -hmm. that I actually really do enjoy. Mm But when you can up that level to enthusiasm, mm-hmm. it like, it lasts my whole day. Like mm-hmm. the feeling of doing something that I love lasts the entire day. Mm-hmm. And it like bleeds into that, which I think mm-hmm. is so cool. 
that enthusiasm has that capacity. And but it's like a wave. I don't know how long that feeling of true enthusiasm will last. And right. I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying that enthusiasm. Right. Yep. The way that it is. Okay. Well, we hope the enthusiasm piece made sense because it was hard for me. Yeah. It's kind of a, I don't know. It is. It's, it's kind of like this feeling mm-hmm. of enlightenment concept that yeah. I probably haven't reached. But, right. um, well, actually, sorry, not reached. It's not an end thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. a day-to-day process. <laughs> minute to minute. But one thing that helped me a little bit, because I'm thinking of the thing that really makes it hard, both Felicia and I were like, well, what about goals? Because we're like all about like mm-hmm. goals. We write them down. We, they're specific. They're measurable. They're all the things. But Eckhart Tolle does give a little tip when it comes to goals. Mm-hmm. And he specifies the difference between dynamic goals and static goals. Um, dynamic, static goals are things specifically like I want this amount of fame, things that are maybe more connected with ego, mm-hmm. money, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a dynamic goal, which is another level of goals, mm-hmm. is the kind that have to do with connection and that are, like his example is perhaps you're writing a book. If you can tap into the goal of reaching people's souls mm-hmm. and connecting with them, the outcome of that is probably also going to be money and all mm. those things that are also wonderful things. We're not saying that those those are actually wonderful things. Mm-hmm. But that the deeper goal is actually far more powerful to get you to that space. The power of connecting, inspiring, up-leveling consciousness. That mm-hmm. goal is actually going to help you channel enthusiasm and really create a better book mm-hmm. than just the goal of only things that feed your ego, mm-hmm. right? So that that did help me a little bit. It isn't that you're letting go. It isn't that you're just saying nothing. No goals, right. Yeah. It's that can we tap into that like higher level of goal mm-hmm. that those other things are outcomes, mm-hmm. the outward success are outcomes of those goals. But if we can tap into the inner goal, that's really higher mm-hmm. that we actually end up living truer to ourselves if mm-hmm. we can do that, which I'm not saying I've mastered that. Yeah. That's just what Eckhart Tolle is saying. <laughs> yes. And I am passing it on to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's tricky. Okay. So our try this or not for this week is going to be a little challenge from Eckhart. And that is to think about the everyday routine activities that you perform all the time. So you these are things that are like you're irritated by them or they're stressful or boring. So cleaning, um, you know, carpool, maybe. That sounds horrible to me. Uh, Buying groceries. Yeah, meal planning. Maybe you don't like doing that or working. Um, but the key, don't include anything that you hate or just despise doing. Because that's probably, you either need to stop or accept. So this is trying, this challenge is to help you try to find joy. So those, if you're like, I absolutely hate this, either find a way to stop doing that, outsource it, different things, or accept it. Um, and then be present in what you're doing. Have that stillness and that, so like when we talked about washing the dishes or changing your baby's diaper, and I think the the byproduct of this is that when you move into that heightened state of awareness, you're going to let go of that stress. You're not going to be irritated and you're going to be finding more joy. And if you can think about, um, parenting from that place, how much more enjoyable your days are going to be. Um, and I, I've seen when I'm in that space and that peaceful space, 
Um, I react less. My kids are much more well-behaved. There's like a lightness in our house. Yeah. All those sort of things are like a, a byproduct of being present. I, I'm excited to actually do a little bit more house cleaning when it comes to not cleaning my house actually yeah <laughs> just to be clear yes house cleaning your but i mouth. i actually just did this act this uh exercise last a couple weekends ago mm-hmm. again with this training and they said to look at kind of like you would at marie kondo if you can make a list of things and mm-hmm. place where it can go can you accept it can you can you take that thing you weren't liking like mopping the floor can you move it into acceptance mm-hmm. Can you move this? Can you enjoy this? Can you enjoy doing the dishes? I can enjoy doing dishes. Mm -hmm. I'm probably more accepting mopping the floor. I really Mm -hmm. don't like mopping the floor. Yeah. That, but I can change, but I can actually enjoy the suds of the dishes. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if, but if you can just make a list of your life and actually look at those things for me, it's actually really, it's like eye opening to say, where am I spending most of my time and what state am I in? And there might be some things that you end up throwing out. Just like when you clean out your house, there may be things where you're like, I don't want to right. accept this. <laughs> right. Not, neither do I want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to take that out or I'm going to get out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a nice just little thing. I, mm-hmm. I think it takes about clean out. 20 minutes. Make a list of things you spend the, your most time on. Mm-hmm. Where can you change it to acceptance or enjoyment or enthusiasm? And the things you can't change, can you throw it out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. It's an awesome exercise. Let us know if you do it and yes. how what it does for you in your life. I love it. I'm going to do... I'm going to do that again and actually write it down. All right, guys, let's find the enjoyment and the magic. (coughs) Me, 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 me. (laughs) Brown cows. (laughs)